Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. Uh, this is the first show for Ashley and I back after her wonderful birthday yeah. extravaganza. Uh, yes, I had, a glor- I had a glorious five days off, which is, first yeah. of all, a very rare occurrence. And second of all, yeah. very welcome. After an incredibly difficult January because I worked so, Oof. so much. Uh, to start my birthday month on five lovely days off was mm. oh, so good. Had a lovely meal at Ojimi, which is amazing. If you're yeah, in the city and oh. have money to burn, please go there at some point. I did not pay for it as I am not someone with money to burn. Uh, but yeah, it was great. And then yesterday, my other birthday gift was to see Chicago with Jinx Monsoon. Oh, and it was so wonderful. It was camp and glorious and her voice just makes me so happy um and was really like using her natasha leone uh snatch game voice for a chicago accent that's okay i was happy also really good (laughs) one of the most generous and joyous audiences especially for something that's like now considered a tourism show because it's Chicago and it's been running 17,000 years uh, just so loving and enthusiastic every time she was on stage so that was just wonderful to see and great to be back that musical is you know it's it's got its name and its reputation for a reason despite how you feel about the current staging of it I guess yeah, but it's a, uh, you know, I, I love that she's able to like bring in all of these different um, like walks of life to the show that oh, might have not yeah. come for a minute. It was, so it, it was it's really exciting. It was such a queer audience, a show that's not typically queer. Like I had people in full drag in front of me. I had many, many bears in the row behind me. It was just a very queer, glorious Sunday afternoon. Highly recommend. <sighs> I love hearing that. Well, on that note, we're going to get started into some uh, not-so-Broadway news, but Broadway-adjacent news, because the 65th Annual Grammy Awards took place um, a night uh, before we're recording this, so I'm going to say last night, but it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) um, It depends on when you hear this, I guess, technically. If you're on Patreon, then yeah, it was last night. But I'm sure you watched on Sunday, if you didn't, uh, Tony Award winners and former Tony host James Corden and my boy Billy Crystal uh, were presenting some awards. We had a performance with another Mr. Saturday Night Star and my Elphaba, Shoshana Bean. Shoshana Bean! uh, Who was also nominated for Mr. Saturday Night for Best Musical Theater Album. Uh, But as we all know, and we will reference... um, that uh, category went to Into the Woods. Congratulations yes, on your Grammy absolutely. win. Highlighting, though, the rest of the cast albums that were nominated. Carolina changed a tip of the hat to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJ, Mr. Saturday Night, of course. Six Live on Opening Night, which is also a really exciting album and a strange oh, loop. Yeah. I saw Michael R. Jackson and Rona Siddiqui's uh, Grammy looks were, were really, really stunning. So yeah. I'm glad that everybody to from the, the theater community were there for that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love Into the Woods and a very well-deserved win. I guess I was kind of surprised. I don't know who I expected it to go to. Maybe Six or a Strange Loop. Um, all of the nominees are incredibly deserving, and I don't usually say that or say it very often, at least. But I mean, they're all just great cast recordings across the board. And Into the Woods, I have obviously listened to a lot yeah. to be able to say that. And just a stunning album. So beautiful mixed and produced so you're also with some like proud. 
Yeah, you're you're with, you know, Sarah Bareilles attached to this album. There's a lot of, of course, like Grammy yeah. consideration, I'm sure, mm-hmm. for the fact that this is the first Sondheim album uh, post his passing. Um, I was really looking forward and hopeful to an well, Broadway album recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. um, nomination for that because I thought it was a really incredible, um, well-produced album uh, for that show. So I'm just saying that's my Grammy nomination. Yeah. <laughs> That did not happen. Again, congratulations to the team behind Into the Woods. We always love to see Into the Woods love, especially on that type of stage. Mm -hmm. Um, We can talk about some other wins for some theater people. So uh, we don't talk about Bruno, one best song written for visual media. Uh, That's Lin-Manuel Miranda. Another Grammy for that man. Yeah. Another Grammy for that man. Uh, uh, Good for that man. I do know that man. Nobody Like You from Red was also nominated Turning Red. And I just want to say, like, I really I was hopeful for a Oscar nomination for that song. Yeah. Um, so I am there for that. Not a performance, but I, you know, I love Turning Red so much. So I'm glad that we don't talk about Bruno from Encanto as getting some Disney love, but also Lin-Manuel because he's our he's our good uh, star of TV and film. Moving on to some EGOT status. Viola Davis uh, won a Grammy for Best Audiobook TV Narration and Storytelling. And, and stage, please. Because yeah, she's the T in the EGA of it all. Right. So she now has a Tony. She has an Oscar. She has a Grammy. She has an Emmy. That is EGOT status. And this is, I believe, if I'm not crazy, I tried to do some like fact checking here, but this is the first time since Audrey Hepburn, either a woman or just someone in general, has won in all categories as a performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That not is a producer. not exactly like because people now can achieve EGOT status like Jennifer Hudson just won a Tony. Uh, uh, for a strange loop, right? Yeah, for a strange loop, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like that's that's her EGOT status because obviously she had an Oscar for Dreamgirls, which is technically right. theater. <laughs> of course, Eddie Murphy yeah, should have exactly. won. I'm sorry, oh, well, we I'll all never, agree with that. I'll never stop talking about that. Uh, <laughs> but Viola Davis did win for Finding Me. So if you haven't already listened to her audiobook narration of that, I haven't. Please, please go listen. Yeah, I haven't because I'm not generally a big audiobook person. But I have said many times on this podcast, I think that she is the greatest actor of all time. And I mean, to wow. have. EGOT next to her name is honestly it's overdue at this point but I'm so glad it's finally happened and as you said for performance rather than just producing I am in the boat that I do believe that producing awards should count towards an EGOT I know a lot of people don't feel that way but I don't care it's an EGOT nonetheless and you contributed to the art form so you get an award yeah I agree I totally agree so moving on in some other news, there's another life for Girl from the North Country. Uh, we've been following this show. I know it had a really challenging time getting back after um, COVID cancellations and the pandemic, it returning to Broadway. And yeah. It kind of had a short of life there at the Velasco. But now, and, and supposedly it's even shorter because we didn't know what was supposed to happen with that and to kill yeah. a mockingbird and, you know, the, the theater switch that was supposed to happen there, or at least one mm-hmm. switching. And then they both kind of died uh, a, a quiet death, let's say. Every day a little death, uh, but yeah. no longer for Girl from the North Country because Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Oh. Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman, Grammy nom- nominated singer songwriter Chloe Bailey. If you don't listen to Chloe, uh, Hallie and Chloe, Amazing. like, yeah. what are you doing? Georgia natives. Um, and Tosin Cole, who you know from Till and the Untitled uh, Bob Marley Project. And Oscar nominee 
Woody Harrelson will yeah. star in a feature <laughs> film version. This is an insane sentence. Like it's yeah. an insane sentence. Um, they will star in a feature film version of Girl from the North Country. It's based on the same Tony nominated musical, Bob Dylan inspired music. Uh, Connor McPherson, who also penned the libretto and directed mm-hmm. the Broadway production, will now write the screenplay and direct the film for Blueprint Pictures. So look out for that. Maybe it'll come out as the same day as the pro shot. <laughs> oh, I mean, that would be nice. I think would that, that be would insane? be lovely time. I think that would be lovely timing and something that would actually get me to care other than Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Because Olivia Coleman and Woody Harrelson. I'm just Harrelson. I'm so intrigued. And Chloe, who's amazing, and Tosin, oh who's God. amazing. But I just I I have I'm just apathetic towards the show. I was gonna say that I hate the show, but I really don't have any emotions <laughs> towards it. I would like I don't to see remember more of the- any plot, so I hope it actually exists in the movie. I'd love for maybe some of the the people that were attached to the Broadway production that could have another life with the show to be attached, especially since it's Connor McPherson's work. I would assume they would have some cameo moments, I would hope. I would hope so, at least some kind of level of an ensemble. I mean, again, as we said, like the it kind of ended pretty unceremoniously after the pandemic, Mm -hmm. you know, after the shutdown ended. Um, So, yeah, that would be really nice with Connor attached to be able to work some of the people who are on the stage and either or, you know, one of the three productions of London off Broadway or Broadway um, to have some kind of association with it as well. But yeah, I mean, of all... (laughs) Of all the shows, I'm 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 very happy for people who enjoyed this show to be getting this movie, and I am always happy for Olivia Coleman to be getting more work as a very longtime fan of hers. There you have it. So if you're, I mean, moving on to the people we are longtime fans of, yes, going to say her name, Vanessa Williams. Yes, please. We love her. Uh, So we've finally gotten more information about our favorite event of the year. They have announced their official lineup, their initial official lineup for Miscast 2023. Uh, That's brought to you by MCC Theater. It will uh, this this event will now honor Emmy, Grammy and Tony nominee Vanessa Williams. As it should. I am ecstatic. So now we finally all of it should. Let's be realistic. Should, but now we have our featured performers for the initial lineup. Again, there's more people to be announced, but let's just start here, right? So we've got Annalie Ashford will perform. Tony nominee Danae Benton will perform. Lorna Courtney will perform. Tony winner Andre DeShields will perform. Tony yes, nominee please. Josh Groban. So you got Groban and Ashford. That's a pretty big yeah. win for Queenie yeah. Todd's camp. Yeah. Um, LaShawn's a, a, a staple, if a, you will. A pretty big win for any camp. Just anyone yeah. who gets to watch or listen. Bonnie Milligan, uh, who's currently yes, starring in Kimberly Akimbo, genius here. Uh, Tony winner Ben Platt, who you're about to see. Yeah, and someone true. who I saw just three days ago, Ellery Ward. Uh, she was a swing and only gold. If you don't listen to her Sondheim covers, what are you doing with your life? Um, she has a couple of albums out, um, Everyday Little Death. We've got, she's just, she's such a stunning performer, but she's currently touring. She toured with Josh Groban for the past year. Uh, now she's returning back to New York for this moment. Um, it literally just, it's such a great cast of people will van dyke will serve as the music director famously more performers will be announced but otherwise you have to get your ticket now like what are you yes, doing indeed. that's so exciting i love yeah. love 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 this cast and what a good lineup yeah you're only missing a few you know you've got some other performers that are in some yeah we're waiting you know, upcoming shows yeah. i mean there's no one so far from uh some like it hot or uh new york new york what other show oh bad cinderella a couple other 
uh, upcoming spring yeah. uh, Tony contending shows. Wink, wink, nod, nod. One of the um, 17 more that have to open. <laughs> right. But for now, you've got some Sweeney Todd coverage. You've got Anne Juliet. You've got Into the Woods. You've got Kimberly Kimbo, and you've got Parade here. So I think it's a pretty, pretty robust group of people, I would argue. So moving on, um, and unfortunate and sad news, um, Tony-nominated actor Charles Kimbrough uh, passed away in Culver City, California on January 11th at the age of 86. And he is most recognized for his Emmy-nominated performance on Murphy Brown. But we all probably know and love uh, Kimbrough when he starred as Jules in the original production of Sunday in the Park with George, garnering a Tony nomination for his performance as Harry in the original company. That's two. Yeah, exactly. That's where, uh, obviously, my first introduction was uh we just got the news i think over the weekend i was Mm -hmm. kind of removed from news for the last five days but was getting a lot on like my facebook feed of all these memorials of people who have worked with him before and know him and obviously very sad we've been getting so many um obituaries lately of these Actors who originated roles in shows that are very near and dear to me and always hard to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I his performance, especially in that pro shot of uh, Sunday in the Park with George mm-hmm. is just not to be missed. It, it's really fantastic. And so if you have the opportunity to um, re-familiarize yourself with, with his work there, especially, you can obviously always watch that uh, pro shot, but we will miss him very much. In other news, the Dramatist Guild is speaking out following recent cancellation of high school theater productions over a varied amount of, quote, content issues. Um, This is in reference to Douglas Anderson's School of Performing Arts and Florida's planned initial production of Paula Vogel's Indecent that got canceled. And then, of course, Cardinal High School in Ohio's production of the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Um, last week, Jesse Tyler Ferguson popped on his TikTok and Instagram to share his comments on the, uh, spelling bee cancellation. Um, it was a really moving conversation that he, he put out there on social. So mm, I highly recommend you, watch you watch that, that yeah. as well. Uh, but the statements and actions have led many of us to believe that this has to do with, uh, the depiction of the queer ca- characters in the shows. Um, otherwise, you know, why <laughs> we're not <sighs> and yeah. anything else is going on. There's nothing else kind of, of quote controversy, even though it shouldn't be no. controversial at all. Um, the guild, the dramatist guild also accuses both schools of having quote shirked their responsibility to educate and foster the free exchange of ideas going on to say that they are allowing the most vulnerable kids in their care to be marginalized. So here's a little statement from the dramatist guild, um, a time of indecency. The Dramatist Guild of America vehemently objects to and is appalled by the recent cancellations of the play Indecent, originally scheduled for production, et cetera, et cetera. The Dramatist Guild Legal Defense Fund, a nonprofit organization created by the Dramatist Guild, has already joined other groups in a statement objecting to the Indecent cancellation. Uh, you can read that uh, joint statement in the show notes that we've linked. Uh, Paula Vogel's play tells the story of 1923 Broadway production of Yiddish Drama School, um, and uh, which resulted in the arrest and conviction of its producer and cast on obscenity charges due to, uh, in part, of its lesbian love story. So it's a really ironic cancellation. I was just about to say, yeah, it's a play about obscenity charges, and you are banning or canceling it. <laughs> Because you could only see the extreme surface level of it, which isn't even the point. So obviously infuriating. And, 
you know, so transparent, the reasons why, of course. Yeah, it's it's just really, it's a really challenging time to be talking about like censorship and especially like uh, queer yeah. stories, um, especially given like what's been happening in like Florida. And I don't need to, you know, like, you know, come down on our show for, for all of that, because of course, if you are in the news, you're reading and you're listening to all of these things. But um, given the fact that our next point of conversation in the show is talking about a similar issue, let's, let's dive in here. So Tectonic Theater Project at the Matthew Shepard Foundation is making scripts of the Laramie Project available free to students in Lansing, Kansas, mm, specifically. Mm-hmm. Why, you ask? Well, there uh, the work was recently banned, had a classroom banned by the Lansing Board of Education. Um, just for some context here, the the uh, the Laramie Project itself is a the 2000 docuplay um, using the text of real interviews conducted by the work's original cast to tell the story of the 1998 murder of Matthew Shepard, who was targeted because of his homosexuality. Um, the Laramie Project is one of three at the Lansing High School's uh, social justice expository unit in the senior level English com- composition class. Um, a local mom essentially petitioned that the unit be removed from the curriculum after removing her daughter from the class in October of last year, alleging that the school was uh, teaching critical race theory. Again, not something that is taught. <laughs> yeah. um, just like a challenging three uh, word situation um that students were being quote trained to feel like victims and to be hopeless uh that they can change social justice or change injustice because we're not teaching them about the tools they have right there at their disposal to make a difference an internal committee then initially recommended that the curriculum remain but then a four to three vote by the lansing board of education held uh january 30th uh so last week essentially officially remove the materials from the school's curriculum. There's also another feminist piece um, that was removed as well. But the organizations are now encouraging Lansing students affected by this ban to contact the Laramie Project for Lansing at tectonictheaterproject.org with their name, mailing address. They will get a, uh, a copy of the Laramie Project for their own personal reading. It's just insane that um of course this is going on but we have we have to tell you about it Um, It just is straight up a school that hasn't done the laramie project and i'm from georgia high school like i saw other um it's just ah, endlessly (laughs) just endlessly angering and frustrating and aggravating because it just very much gets to the point of like we keep hitting these roadblocks where it, I don't know how to move forward other than organizations like Tectonic making yeah. things available for free and, you know, great for them for doing that. And I hope more theater organizations and even more publishers in general. Yeah. The take accessibility. Steps, yeah. Take steps to make this happen because it's going to continue to happen and increasingly so, unfortunately. Yeah, but we will obviously keep you all uh, updated on anything uh, going on in, in the whole censorship category. Mm-hmm. But we hope yeah. that uh, if any educators are listening to us, we we hope that we you know that we are incredibly supportive of all the things that you're doing to allow your students to um, not be censored in this way. Nothing better than a good teacher. 
Nothing, nothing is better and, and nothing worse than a bad one. Um, over at Audible <laughs> so Manetta Lane true. Theater, <laughs> I mean, um, over at Audible Manetta Lane Theater, Pulitzer Prize finalist Eric Bogosian's uh, Drinking in America will play off-Broadway at the Audible Theater starting March 10th. This is a four-week limited engagement, but it's starring Andre Arroyo. You might be familiar with his work on The Wire and the 24-hour plays under the direction of Mark Armstrong, who also has familiarity with the 24-hour plays as well. Arroyo plays over a dozen characters, all intoxicated, of course, in a comic exploration of the modern American male psyche. The play was first performed in 1986, and the work now coincides with contemporary conversations about toxic masculinity and male fragility. Anytime the audible went, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Which I was going to say is like, you mentioned that it's contemporary conversations with toxic masculinity and male fragility, which is already pretty much at most of Bogosian's work (laughs) and increasingly so. Audible's been doing such (laughs) great work lately. I'm so excited about this. I am a massive fan of Eric Bogosian. I think it's the second, second play of his that's just been announced. This is an older one, but Soho Playhouse just announced that they're going to do a new play coming up in a couple weeks mm-hmm. too and then there was a, an event somewhere else too that he's part of so I love that we're starting out so because and Heavy is someone who's such a massive fan I saw him at an event that that John Oliver and Wyatt Snack and Amy Sedaris mm. and a bunch of other people did in like 2011 it was the first time that I ever saw him do anything and at the time I was more creative writing heavy and slowly getting yeah. back into that um, but I always written in my head and obviously on paper uh, very much in the style that he performed a monologue in and it was quite literally like the first time I had like a light bulb moment watching somebody else perform I was like oh there's the voice that's been in my head someone else writes like that that. and and now I can kind of follow somebody else's work and get a better understanding those really important to me and all you know all that to say yay from work Bogosian I'm so happy and if you aren't familiar with his work um and and how he performs have you even watched Succession because he's incredible yeah, on that so wrong with you if, if you're you a fan of Succession of familiarize yourself with Eric Bogosian um there but uncut also gems, his work baby. Uncut, uncut gems baby uncut gems he's excellent there so yeah Damn we right. we are obviously big fans of Audible's Metal Line Theater so yes. we look forward to covering that in the coming weeks Thank you all so much for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And you can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Know This Is Ashley. Thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.